HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Diageo Bar Academy. Learn more at diageobaracademy.com. That's D-I-A-G-E-O baracademy.com. This episode is brought to you by Just Egg. You can't have plant-based breakfast without a plant-based egg. You can get started with a free sample. Just head to ju.st slash hrn. This week on Meet and 3, we dedicate our stories to elders, grandparents, and family members who came before us. Some people called on the phone. What time is your appointment? Mine's 2.45. Our friend, the dentist, he, he was 3.30. And it was like a social event. It's a small island. A lot of them I knew when I was a kid. So it was, you know, to really help them feel like they they weren't alone. It's partly this communal nature of food and so it can operate as a bridge um, not just between neighbors and friends but also between the living and the dead listen to meet in three wherever you get your podcasts so you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load knows that country music is gonna save your soul the Welcome back to the Speakeasy. I'm Damon Bolte. My name is Souther Teague. And I'm Greg Benson. Greg, Greg, where the hell are you? Yeah, welcome back. back. Thanks, man. I'm back back? in Brooklyn. Yeah. I got back to uh, sunny, sunny Brooklyn, New York late last night. Uh, It was the weirdest thing. I woke up uh, on a beach in Mexico yesterday, traveled for about 14 hours, and then... uh, you know, you you tend to forget that New York City is a beach town in some aspects and that JFK is like right there. So I remember walking out of the airport and kind of having this thought of like, oh, man, I really miss the beach. And then you get hit with that like real nice Queens low tide smell. And you're like, oh, no, I'm st- I'm still at the beach. Just a slightly lesser one than the one I was at. <laughs> nice. Uh, um, you were gone for three weeks yeah, I was on the road for about three weeks, man. I hit D.C., I hit Philly, I hit Mexico City, Oaxaca City, uh, Puerto Escondido. Uh, I shared a funny story with the two of you about how when I got into Puerto, uh, I got in in the morning, I saw a place near my Airbnb that was called El Gym, and I thought to myself, oh, cool, there's a spot to work out by here. And then I passed by it later on at night, it turns out it's actually a barbecue restaurant. <laughs> Which I love. Which is a perfect name. 
which is yeah, great. Exactly. Which is great. But also, I have to ask, are you one of those guys who, who does work out while traveling? I like to run when I'm traveling. I don't like go to it. I don't really like going to the gym that much anyway. Like standing in one place and smelling other people's sweat and lifting weights just doesn't appeal to me. Like I kind of enjoy, you know, being out, getting some fresh air. But I usually bring my running shoes whenever I, I go to a new place just so I can put them on one of my first days and just kind of like get a, a run around and, you know, just sort of get a get a sense for the what I want to see when I'm there, the layout of the city, kind of the, the character, um, whether or not they stop when you're in the street, that's important stuff to know. And you figure that <laughs> out when you're on a run. Uh, it was a little bit more challenging this time because I'm a larger dude and, uh, I don't really deal super well with heat when I'm working out and to go from, you know, generally high sixties here in New York to like 90 degrees in Oaxaca City. I was wilting when I came back from that. I think I spent the rest of the day in the shade, just like constantly hydrating. Um, but yeah, it's it was, I do. I do like to get a little exercise when I work out because if you burn those calories, you can eat more when you're there. Yeah. 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 I feel like uh, the extent of my exercise on any kind of like travel, it's it's basically guest bartending for like five minutes, like shaking up snackeries <laughs> for the staff. That's, that's the extent of it. Yeah. Or like, like swimming. I would, I guess swimming's like like a really great exercise, right? Yeah. Well, that's swimming. Yeah. There's not a lot of swimming you can do in a hot tub though. <laughs> well, you can go, you can go back and forth. You can do, you can get a lot of laps in. They're just short laps. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're uh swimming in awards, gents. Yes. Wow. Wow. So <laughs> we, racked up, we racked up. We racked up two nice of the segways. Yeah, we, we, we racked, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. We racked up two taste awards, guys. Uh, we won yeah. for best drink or beverage program, uh, which is a weird, weird use of that word for us, right? Program usually means at the bar. Uh, and we tied. Uh, I don't know how you tie at an award ceremony. But we tied for best food or drink podcast as well. So we got two podcasting awards from the taste awards this year, which is. No longer, Damon, are we the bridesmaid. We are now officially the bride. It's dun, uh, dun, dun, dun. Oh, wait. No, that's Hilda the Chief. When I mean, like, dun, 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 dun. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> that's the one I was going for. Those are remarkably similar, and I've never noticed. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, it's congratulations. It only took are, 10 years, you know. Yeah. Congratulations <laughs> are in order for us. We've, we've been nominated for many awards over time, uh, and we've never won any. So, finally, we have two in the bag. Yeah. And, you know, obviously at this point we have to thank everybody at, at HRN for giving us this this platform to come on here and screw around and talk into microphones and do something really, really fun for an hour every week. But also, you know, I, 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 know, I know it sounds cheesy and I always hate it when I'm watching award shows and people are like, I want to thank the fans because I'm just like, do, do, you, do you really? Like, really? But, you know, without people listening to this we wouldn't get to do it. And it's like the most fun. I, I, I know it's the most fun thing I get to do every week. I know that I've heard that from the two of you as well. And it's just so great to have, you know, an, an audience out there that, that lets us do it. So thank you to all of you for listening. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, it, it is by far my favorite thing I get to do each week and hanging out with you guys virtually this past year uh, has been, you know, a, a welcome change because, you know, we've been in, on lockdown. I think also this past year is pretty um, impactful um, for, for what we've tried to get uh, out there to the listener. You know, we, we really 
switched our focus uh, early uh, about this time last year, March, April, uh, and we, we upped our volume. Um, we had more guests per week uh, than we usually just have the one show. We were doing sometimes three shows a week in the past year to get messages out about things that were happening in the bar and, in, uh, bar and restaurant industry regarding COVID. Um, I think we've put in a lot of effort, and I guess this is the reward for those efforts to get recognized. So I feel pretty good about it. Yeah, not only Absolutely. that, I mean, you know, to me, especially like kind of like speaking of the, the last year or so, um, a lot of the topics that we've covered, uh, you know, and people are kind of pivoting. I know we're sick of that word, but like, you know, trying to figure out how they can use their skills in the bar industry and, and, and still be in it, but maybe do something a little differently. That's kind of what I was wanted to do in the beginning with this, you know, do something a little bit differently, but like still be a part of the bar community. And, uh, it's, it's, there's a lot of ways to work in the bar without working directly in the bar. You know what I mean? And, oh, of course. And this is definitely one of them. So it's, it's cool to see that you can do a lot more than I always say, I always call it thinking outside the glass, right? Um, there's a lot of different ways to, uh, get that done. Speaking of thinking outside the glass, Ooh. Uh, like that's so great. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's an award-winning segue right there, baby. Yeah, I've got, and it's 9 a.m. here, but I'll just do that real quick. Um, oh, my. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have had any of the Livewire cocktails, uh, the canned cocktails, but I'm about to have one right now. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm about oh, to join there you. There you go. There you go. Um, speaking of thinking outside of the glass, we've got some amazing canned cocktails here. The RTD category that's ready to drink, for those of you that don't know, um, has really started to explode over the past few years. But it's it's been really cool to see actual cocktails by actual bartenders in these ready-to-drink formats. And we're going to be talking a little bit about that today with one of our guests, Aaron Polsky. And I've got a... Greg, first of all, which one are you, which one are you drinking right now? Oh, so I'm on I'm on a heartbreaker right now. The heartbreaker by uh, Aaron Polsky, uh, and and let me tell you that the the can artwork on this is beautiful. It looks like it looks like an album cover that would have been held up in a Senate hearing in the early '90s as <laughs> definitive proof that rock and roll was turning kids into Satanists. Like uh, Tipper Gore, <laughs> like holding this up and yeah. saying, "This is why we're putting the." Explicit lyric. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm trying, I'm trying to find the parental advisory on this can somewhere, but it's, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's hidden. Um, the, but yeah, I have the honeydew Collins in hand by Joey Bernardo. Uh, this one is the gin with Same. coconut honeydew lime leaf and elderflower. So I figured it was, it made sense for like a breakfast, uh, cocktail. Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> the one I, that's the one I've got here as well. Oh, nice. Um, and then also in the studio, we have Aaron Hayes from Westward Whiskey, huge fans of Westward Whiskey. So we're going to be talking about that as well. Welcome to both of you. And, Thank you. and Thank cheers you. to the rest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Aaron and Aaron. Aaron Polsky, uh, what, uh, talk a little bit about what, what Livewire is and how it sort of came about. And we'll catch the listener up and then we'll start diving into this stuff. Yeah, so uh, Livewire is uh, cans uh, and actually soon bottled cocktail brand as well. Um, and what we do is we we package cocktails by bartenders, um, probably names who are familiar to your listeners, uh, bartenders who have made uh, made a name for themselves throughout their career just by you know making really incredible cocktails or opening great bars or working at great bars or whatever. Um, 
And what essentially we do is we enable more consumers and readers and drinkers to access cocktails by these bartenders, regardless of where they live. And the flip side is that we pay the bartenders a royalty for every can that's sold. So it's a way to, you know, Damon, you said thinking beyond the glass, it's a way to sort of make money beyond the bar or beyond the four walls of the bar and, and to really scale your creative work in a meaningful way. Right. And even uh, Greg mentioned how the artwork on the can itself uh, is reminiscent of album cover. You talked to me about this project that you had in mind before it was a, an actual thing years ago. And your whole uh, you know, speak to me was something along the lines of I kind of want to run it like a record label. Talk about that aspect a little bit. Yeah. So, you know, when I first started working on this, it was. I was just thinking, and actually Damon was involved very early on. Um, oh, yeah. we, we were working together on that. We went by a little cocktail group name called Cripple Creek. Um, but it was initially going to be like our own drinks. Um, and then at a certain point, <clears throat> I realized that when, when the consumer's in the store, they have you have a split second to grab their attention. And to communicate exactly what it is that you're making. Um, and I realized that like, if it's one person, they're never going to know who you are, why they should buy it, why they should trust you um, to, to buy your drinks. But by expanding it to work as a record label and have lots of the world sub bartenders on, um, on this label, you know, we can confidently say that we are, and it's printed on every can and box world's or cocktails by the world's best bartenders. And so it, you know, it's really more powerful as, as a brand in the store, but it's also more powerful in our industry, right? Because we can actually, it, it moves beyond just trying to do something to help yourself or enrich yourself. And really it becomes a force that supports bartenders and really tries to, uh, you know, flip, flip the revenue model on its head. Um, and that's sort of where that change came about. But I, I guess initially, yeah, like back in 2012, 2013, this sort of came to me as an idea. Um, and, you know, we worked on it sort of like in fits and starts. And then I moved to LA and didn't really touch it for a while. And then I left Harvard and Stone, which is a bar I was working at for about three and a half years. Um, in July of 2019 and decided that this would be the time that I would get this company off the ground. And so I just really, um, in August of 2019, hit the ground running, met with every person in every capacity imaginable, um, tried to fundraise and ultimately succeeded at fundraising, but I was like very optimistic. I read some like blog posts online that said how we raised like two and a half million dollars in a week. And I was like, Oh cool. Yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> um, didn't do that. Uh, but did raise enough to, to get it started. And then eventually after we had been in market for about, um, six to eight months raised, uh, you know, another, another chunk to, to really scale it and keep it going. So, um, yeah, we, we launched in March of 2020 was a real roller just seems, coaster. Seems like a great month. time to launch a business. <laughs> <You know? laughs> mm. People, um, 
people have mentioned that this would be a great time, you know, after one hearing the story, they mentioned that it's, it, it must've been a great time to launch a, a liquor brand. Um, the reality of it is that while people were drinking a lot at home, uh, they initially were going for things that were familiar, right? So they yeah. were Comforts. definitely going the drizzly and getting like a handle of Tito's and not necessarily like this art looks innovative. Let me try this new thing. <laughs> Yeah, um, people, but, were, people were definitely reaching for comfort items, things sure. that they knew, things that they knew how to deal with. Right. Um, but what it did afford me was time to work on this, right? I had, um, you know, so uh, despite my optimism, I was not able to, you know, raise two and a half million dollars in a week. So I did end up getting uh, like a, a job at a restaurant uh, just to keep the lights on at home. Um and worked up until the shutdown. So I was kind of able to like, you know, collect unemployment and get out there trying to build this company like in a pre-revenue stage um, mm-hmm. during the pandemic. So I had all the time in the world. Just for one, just for one second, I'm curious, like uh, who like describe your typical investor? Um, because, you know, I don't know what avenue you went down, but for me, you know, I'm always looking for investors in, in brick and mortar projects. And I feel like those same people would be interested in this because it's kind of like you said, sort of thinking outside the walls of the bars in a, in a way it's still investing in a bar, but it's investing in a bar that has the best bartenders of the world working for it. So what, what does your typical investor look like? Well, sadly, while the interests overlap legally, those same people can't invest in a liquor company. So that made it challenging because um, this is due to, uh, you know, and you may know this, but due to the fact that both state and federal agencies that regulate alcohol do not allow common interests between liquor licenses, i.e., you know, stores, bars, restaurants, and liquor companies or liquor distributors. And so for that reason, I was not able to tap my contacts who are in the industry who had the means to invest. Um, because they already owned or had an interest in a liquor license. So I basically had to find people who were interested um, in the field, but, you know, were more on the liquor side. Um, right. As with as with many people, you know, the, 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 first, the first few, I guess, tens of thousands of dollars came from friends and family. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we... I was introduced to the vice president of, um, of IJW, which is a whiskey company in Kentucky. And they, uh, made a sizable strategic investment for us. So we, um, that, that took a long time. Um, that took over half a year, but they, um, they were the ones who, who really got it rolling for us. I mean that's that seems that seems great. Like a, a large established company that can come in and be sort of an angel to this situation. Yeah, and they've been great, um, super supportive, and you know, otherwise like there when I need them, and and hands off otherwise. I can't wait to meet them. Um, they sound <laughs> <laughs> they sound perfect. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know that is really interesting. The way that you know. I always say that a bar is only as good as the people who are in it. Um, you know, you can, you can have a, a amazing architect and a beautiful theme and like a, a yada, yada, yada. But like a bar is really, it's just, it's the people in it. It's, I mean, it, to, there was this, like, 
I don't want to go to church or anything, but it's like the, it's the congregation, right? Um, <laughs> sorry. I, I always like, I realized the other night at band practice that like a lot, I talk about church a lot in songs in one way or another. Um, but it really, it really is about the people who are in the bar. Right. And not everyone has to be the bartender and not everyone has to be in liquor. I mean, like there are enthusiasts that are outside of like your first guess for your first guess for like your, your first pass at like your list of potential investors. Right. You know, it's not always the people who are in the bar. It's the people who are outside of the bar, the people are, that are coming to your bar to support. And so that's mm-hmm. interesting that, yeah, I mean like with a three tier system, I didn't even really think about that in that way that you're talking about as far as like the legality of investment. That must've been crazy. Um, why well, yeah, I also so I, imagine I would have fallen flat on my face if I were trying to do this. myself. I guess is what I'm saying. <laughs> There's a lot of uh, positive self-talk involved, especially, yeah, yeah. you know, at every critical stage, you know, of, I need to, I like there, there are so many voices that tell you not to do something like in your head and you just have to be like, fuck it. I am, you know, I'm trying to put bread on the table. I'm trying to, you know, I'm, I'm doing a thing and it's important and I need to overcome this and, and ask these people for money, you know, or post about this or do whatever, you know, or go to my friends that are busy running bar programs and like, just not, you know, bother them to pick this up. (laughs) Good for them. It's good for us. So, uh, Aaron, Aaron Hayes is in the room as well. Aaron, are you uh, participating? Are you going to be one of the bartenders in the, in the Livewire lineup? I am. I'm really excited. I think we're, we're blending and canning next week. So I'm super stoked to get down there and see the whole process. And yeah. Talk a little bit about your cocktail itself, how you came up with it and what, if anything, you had to rethink to put it into a, you know, a mobile can sort of, uh, you know, situation. Yeah. So I, I mean, I spent a long time running tropical bars um, or working in tropical bars. And even prior to being in that space specifically, there was always an element of tropical in my cocktail programs. Um, so it made sense for me to lean that direction with the cocktail itself. Sure. So I mean, the d- cocktail- d- just briefly for our listener, those tropical bars you're talking about are award-winning places in Chicago. So you wanna- Yes. Uh, yeah. I was the bar manager at Lost Lake, and then I opened and uh, was the lead bartender at Three Dots and a Dash. So many years of tropical, like bringing, bringing tropical back in Chicago uh, yeah. after a long hiatus. Yeah. I assume, uh, I assume you're still sticky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I, those shoes and clothes all got thrown away when I, when I left Lost Lake for sure. So much Ango, so much simple, um, and pomegranate and passion fruit and all the sticky things. Um, yeah. So it, you know, it made sense to kind of go that direction. Um, And there is still, even though Tropical has hit such a fever pitch in the last few years and, you know, there's Tropical bars in every city now and everybody's doing a Tropical section on their menu, um, that I I wanted to still turn on its head the idea that Tropical drinks are like overly sweet. Um, And this was a perfect way to do that. Uh, I was inspired by one of my favorite tropical drinks that, um, really opened my eyes to the complexity of what those drinks could be, um, which was a jet pilot, lots of spice. One of my favorite cocktail combinations of flavor, which is grapefruit and cinnamon, 
the ad- addition of absinthe, which to me for forever and always will be like salt uh, to food. I love adding absinthe to cocktails. So we uh, took a, uh, a recipe that was pretty classic and added a few different flavor combinations that really make it different and named it after one of my favorite Guns N' Roses songs, which is, makes a lot of sense for the, you know, the brand and also just me. Um, and it also tied back to the name of the Jet Pilot. So the drink is called Rocket Queen. Nice. That's amazing. And I'd, I'd love to hear a little bit more about, you know, hearing what it was like to set up Livewire from the inside. I'd love to hear a little bit more about what it's like to approach Livewire as someone who was, you know, asked to be a part of this project and kind of what it was like to get to work with this. But uh, before we do that, we got to take a quick break and hear from some of our sponsors. We'll be right back here with more from Aaron Polsky and Aaron Hayes on Heritage Radio Network. So stay tuned. Just Egg is now the fastest growing egg brand in the United States. Bring more plant-based consumers in your doors with easy-to-use Just Egg. You can get started with a free sample. Just head to ju.st slash hrn. That's ju.st slash hrn. Made from plants, Just Egg is a better egg for you and for the planet. It's healthier with no cholesterol and less saturated fat, and it's more sustainable. Just Egg uses less water and generates fewer carbon emissions. Most importantly, it's delicious. For our listeners who operate a food service establishment, you can get a sample for free. Head to ju.st slash hrn. That's ju.st slash hrn. Just Egg makes a delicious plant-based addition to any menu. It's available as a liquid scramble. Great for omelets, frittatas, stir-fries, and French toast. There's also a frozen pre-baked folded version that's ideal for filling breakfast sandwiches or topping salads. Chef Jose Andres calls Just Egg mind-blowing, and Bon Appetit says, It's so good, I feel guilty eating it. Put the fastest-growing egg brand on your menu. Get a free sample of Just Egg for your restaurant at ju.st hrn. With limited indoor dining, bars like mine have reimagined our menus to include spirits and cocktails for delivery. Uh, In many states, cocktails are here to stay. Iowa was one of the first states to come across and say they're here to stay. So surely New York is going to do that. And California. Yeah, Uh, yeah, I hope so. (laughs) I I think it's a good idea for everywhere. Another another revenue stream. uh, Help us us stay afloat. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, plus, like, you know, after last summer drinking so many to-go cocktails, I I was saying this uh, all of last year, I'd have the daywalkers coming up to me and be like, do you think we'll still be able to have to-go cocktails after the pandemic? And I would look at them and say, just try taking this away from people after a summer of having it. I would love (laughs) to see the elected official who's like going to take that piece of candy back from folks after a year of getting used to it. Um, and especially as, you know, the speakeasy's token millennial, I'm not a bar owner, but it's, uh, I know as a bartender, it's a different game. Like I can make drinks that taste great when I put it in front of someone two seconds after it's done. I don't know 
off the top of my head how that drink is going to taste after they've walked home or taken the subway or put in an Uber and are drinking it half an hour later. And I want to make sure it still tastes good. And fortunately, that's one thing that Diageo Bar Academy is really focusing on. You know, they've got all of these amazing articles and recipes and masterclasses to help you take that drink that tastes great when you slide it across the bar to somebody and make it so that it still tastes great when they're drinking it on their couch later at home. Absolutely. I mean, you can reach more customers with tips on how to build successful takeaway and delivery service in the digital world. You can increase speed and efficiency with large format batching. There's also on the website at diageobaracademy.com, there's a lot of opportunities for e-learning and masterclasses, as you said, events with industry experts, quizzes to test your knowledge. You can really up your bar skills no matter what your experience level is, uh, Greg. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but also, you know, there's a lot of inspiration with new recipes and trends. Um, it's just, a, it's a wealth of information that's really great. We've been really tapping into it here at the Speakeasy, really, really digging it. Um, it's also a great way to like boost boost your sales. Um, you know, you can yeah. throw some yeah. of these fun recipes that are being created on the world class competition on your menus. Like you just kind of like find endless inspiration for the bar. Yeah, I think it's it's a great uh, resource, especially at this time when uh, you know resources have been kind of slim for the past year. Uh, and the fact that it's completely free, uh, all you have to do is go to Diageo Bar Academy. That's uh, D I A G E O baracademy.com uh, and all these resources are right at your fingertips so highly recommend getting on board with all of that uh, and improving your to-go uh, uh, cocktail acumen cheers to that cheers to that and we are back you were listening to the speakeasy on heritage radio network today we have the aaron and aaron show aaron polsky <laughs> of livewire and aaron hayes more recently of livewire as a uh, contributing artist to this record label of cocktails that we have going on so before the break we were talking a little bit aaron about the cocktail that you've contributed uh the rocket queen which love the name can't wait to try it out and about how it was an homage to your love of tropical drinks and helping people to think about tropical drinks in a different way, in a way that they maybe haven't before. And I wanted to hear a little bit more about what it was like to get brought into this live wire fold and, and you know, adapt this drink that's very close to your heart into uh, a full scale, you know, production RTD cocktail. Like, were you, did, did Aaron come up to you and kind of like, you know, slide you an envelope and it's like, I've got a project for you? Or did you go to him? <laughs> like, how did, how did this uh, relationship come to pass? Yeah. I mean, Aaron and I have been really close friends, one of my best friends. Um, and so I've kind of been hearing about this project since before he got it off the ground. Um, and so, you know, I've been a big, cheerleader fangirl of the business and the, what he's doing tasted through some of the early renditions of things like heartbreaker and golden God. So when he asked me to contribute, I was really excited and, and flattered that he wanted a drink for me. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we definitely, you know, bounced some ideas for flavor combinations off of each other. I knew that I wanted to go the direction of something like a jet pilot and, then we found an artist. Well, I found an artist that I was like obsessed with. Uh, she's based out of Chicago and 
she came up with the artwork for the can. And that honestly really inspired me. Um, and we got together and played around with some different flavor combinations and made a delicious drink. That's amazing. And so how, what was the, the process like of, you know, cause I mean, we've all the first time we tried to scale up a batch, whether we're like, you know, making like, Oh, this cocktail tastes really good. When I shake one of them at the bar, I bet it would also taste good if I just do one to one to one and put it in a giant vat and bring it to my buddy's barbecue. I think it's kind of an integral part of the bartender learning curve to realize that things don't always scale the same way. Uh, so what was the, the process like to adapt, uh, these flavors into a, a canned cocktail? Yeah, I mean, Aaron is definitely the expert on this, so I'll let him speak here after I give you my two cents. But, um, you know, I came to him with the idea of this combination of flavors that I really wanted, and he has been utilizing natural flavors and, and you know, acids and things like that in cocktails at the bar um, for such a long time that he was really the one that was like, okay, so you want to hit these notes, this is what we're going to do. And then we tasted back and forth through a few different, you know, combinations and, um, recipes and came up with the final, but Aaron, you should definitely talk about how to scale because it's incredible. (laughs) Uh, well, first I want to, I want to add that, um, it was definitely a no brainer for me to approach Aaron as one of the first people, uh, her cocktails are incredible and she, you know, as through our friendship and through also the (laughs) convenience of our proximity, because we lived in the same building for a couple of years, um, whenever we were working on something. And uh, as she said, uh, (laughs) she was kind enough to taste through many iterations of my first cans and have the patience to, for like every (laughs) other night, I'd be like, hey, are you around? (laughs) Well, also, Um, also, I'm sure it helps to have someone who's close enough to you to say, yeah, this sucks. <laughs> yeah. Right. There, was, there was very few of those moments, I will say. But, you know, definitely you got to be honest. Like I want nothing more than for him to succeed. Um, so I'm not going to let him put something shitty in a can. Just be like, yeah, it's great. <laughs> right. 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 You can't you can't surround yourself with sycophants or you get you get false false positives. For sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then, you know, whenever Aaron would do a Westward event, you know, she would do the same thing and I would come up and taste some of her drinks and they were always just mind blowing. So, um, you know, but when, so we decided to work on it and as with our other drinks, we, we work with a company called Jividon. Um, they are the world's largest flavor and fragrance house. Um, they're, I mean, they don't say this because clients are very secretive, but it can be fairly assumed that like Coke and Pepsi are their clients. So that's sort of the scale at which they operate. Um, I was introduced. I, to I just I'm going to assume they're in New Jersey. They are in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> that is where all of this sort of stuff comes from. It's crazy. Yeah, lots of space, lots of beautiful open fields to turn into uh, beachfront. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so they. Um, I was introduced to them uh, through Ian Griffiths, who, uh, you know, as as you might know, uh, owned and opened White Lion with Ryan Tridiordina and then Dandelion and Lioness and all those bars. Uh, so they they did a they put on this bartender trip to uh, UC Riverside, which has one of the largest living 
citrus collections in the world. And they took out about 10 bartenders. I was fortunate enough to be included in that group. And we went to went around with the curator of the orchard or grove um, and tasted citrus from 25 different trees. She would tell us about them. And they were, you know, these rare trees that you wouldn't really find outside of here or wherever uh, the fruit like natively comes from. And uh, she would pull down some fruit and cut off some, some pith for us or some, some zest for us, as well as, you know, the inside of the fruit for us to taste. We took notes and then Jividan took back samples of these fruit uh, to Cincinnati, which is where their R&D is based. It's a Swiss company. Um, and then in this surprise gift, sent us all a pack of these flavors that they, that they developed out of this trip. And the cool part about them is that they work in ways that are inherently sustainable. So for example, one of the fruit that we use um, in the Heartbreakers, the Marumi kumquat, which is rare and super specific. And, you know, there's only one row of these trees in the U.S. Um, so obviously they couldn't make a straight extract of it. And they took probably like two pounds of it back to Cincinnati. And what they do is they analyze it and they take um, they basically analyze it through like spectral chromatography and other ways and recreate the compounds that they find in the fruit from more sustainable sources. So a good example of that would be um, this compound called limonene, which comprises 90% of all citrus aromas. Limonene is also uh, easily found in lemongrass, which takes less water to grow, grows faster, it's lighter to ship, it's more concentrated in the flavor itself. And so they use that as the source. So they basically... Um, make these natural flavors out of these different natural sources to replicate something that otherwise couldn't be made. Um, Mixology. (laughs) (laughs) Basically. Uh, Well, it's funny you mentioned that because a lot of the techniques that we would, that we would see in places like, you know, Walker Inn and Booker and Dax and existing conditions, both of those or all three of those RIP um, are Jividan uses in larger, formats so vacuum distillation and washes and and everything like that uh they they already utilize sort of in their day-to-day so um you're you're kind of you kind of hit the nail on the head with that but you know to to speak to how we convert a drink like the rocket queen from a um from a real life format to a can format i you know aaron aaron's drink is is pomelo um pomelo cinnamon pandan uh, are, are three of the components. So I basically contact Jividan and tell them, you know, these are, we need these three flavors. Um, and they will send us multiple versions of each. Uh, I typically act as sort of the first pass filter because they, in being a large company, they sort of try to accommodate uh, a variety of tastes. And, and usually one of those flavors can sort of hit a bit of like a mass market uh, flavor profile, which isn't exactly what we're looking for always. Um, but usually they, they, they throw like one or two real stunners in there too. So I sort of go through everything that they send, pick what I think are the best ones, and then bring them to, in this case, Aaron, uh, to evaluate and choose. Um, and that's how we get the, the fruit or the spice or the flavor component in there. Um, with respect to lime or lemon juice, 
Um, and I really think that this is uh, an area where our drinks stand out uh, against our competition is we don't use fresh juices and we proudly don't use fresh juices because while that is a claim that reads well to a consumer, um, I find it to be deceptive as you, as everybody here knows, you know, fresh juices are great when they're fresh and in bars, but if you put them into a can and ship them around the country at room temperature, uh, especially, although it really doesn't matter, um, after a couple of days, but they taste like, you know, frozen orange juice concentrate, which is not what we as bartenders who prided ourselves on fresh juices for forever want to do. So, yep. Fun, we, fun fact, all juice was fresh at some point in its life. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, so we use a blend of organic acids uh, to replicate the acidity that you would find in the lemon or lime juice and balance the cocktail against the sweetener that we use. Um, and uh, that that allows us to have a product that is stable, natural, consistent, uh, and tastes great throughout its entire life. Basically, you know, it has an indefinite shelf life. Um, and you know, it, it tastes basically the same from the moment it's canned to the moment that it's opened. So that's, that's kind of in a nutshell, what, what we do to, to make that happen. So the process is pretty collaborative still. Uh, basically, the workflow is uh, the artist, in this case Aaron, comes to you, the label, uh, with their music. You uh, sort of send that through the pipeline and have it uh, regurgitated back to you. Uh, and then you filter out some of the things and, and then that still gets approval from the artist. We call it recording, yeah. engineering, producing, and editing. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> um, <laughs> to, to keep this metaphor alive, yeah, that's yeah. That's, that's, that's really beat it into the ground. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's exactly how it is. Um, and then Erin mentioned her her visual artist who created the label, Corinne Halbert. Um, every bartender gets to choose the artist that they work with because we do view it as like a fully creative work from from the liquid to the packaging. That's very, very cool and super interesting. Now let's talk about the meat of the matter. Uh, like where does the booze come into play? And yeah. How you, well, and how do you, and how do you deal with those hurdles that I'm sure are there due to TTB, due to different laws, et cetera? Yeah. So we, um, in this case, we, this is our first branded, um, collaboration or partnership in the booze in the booze aspect so we're using magdalena rum um which aaron uh works with and, and has worked with for a long time and aaron uh you can speak more to to that uh in a sec you know but we um we basically source high quality booze and that's the 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 main sort of uh, rule for it um in some cases it's easy so we we blend and can adventurous spirits and they uh have have alcohol on hand and often we just buy from them um sometimes in cases of stuff that they don't have uh like rye or bourbon we buy from mgp and we just buy their two years straight rye or straight bourbon um mm. the rye is uh the 51% mash bill. Um, the bourbon, oh man, I forgot. Too many numbers in my head. Um, 
But, you know, we get the straight rye, uh, the brandy that we use in the Golden God, we get from O'Neill, which is a contract distiller for lots of premium American brandies, some of which you probably carry in your bars. Um, and the gin is a custom blend for us from MGP. Um, and those have all been pretty easy. Uh, in the beginning, some of the minimum order quantities have been sort of eye-watering, but we, we made it work. Um, we do have some drinks coming up that have imported spirits, which are <laughs> much more challenging. Um, <laughs> we have a yeah. few coming from Japan uh, that are delayed basically by four months um, and require multiple layers of communication in order to a, you know, even get that relationship going, but B get pricing that works for us. Um, Cause you know, there's a huge price difference between putting putting spirits into a bottle, which has a closure, which goes into a box, you know, which gets shipped around the world, you know, at a much heavier weight um, and a much more expensive packaging and getting a spirit put into a bulk container, which is cheaper and lighter and more eco-friendly to ship. And also, you know, there's like, there's a benefit to having a, a top bartender's name next to your brand's or next to your, your spirit's brand name um, on, on a label, right? On a, on a canned cocktail. And so to communicate that to a person that I've never met, that I don't speak the same language as, right. you know, and try to negotiate a good price that like can allow us to sell a cocktail for four or $5 to a consumer. Um, is not without its hurdles, but we ultimately made it work. What and I love, I love that whole like spirit of, you know, of, of we're of collaboration of like, you know, we're gonna like, we're gonna let the folks that are designing these, these top bartenders that you mentioned, um, put their, you know, we're, we're going to make it theirs. It's not, they come to us with an idea. We, cram the square peg of that idea into the round hole of our brand and then you get something that's fine you know i really love this whole emphasis that livewire has on you know the the brand is everybody brings their own stamp everybody you know designs their cocktail this isn't like you know a a, a cocktail that we design in a lab this is a cocktail that this person came up with worked on picked out the artist for and it's like, yes, this is, I, I fully attest that this is a, you know, a heartbreaker by Aaron Polsky, which I'm drinking right now, which goes very well with <laughs> breakfast. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if you look at the packaging, it's, it's also pretty evident that that's our focus, right? Livewire exists in the same way that Atlantic Records exists on an ACDC album, right? It's a small logo, uh, you know, towards the bottom of the can because it is about the bartender. Well, I want to I want to uh, close a little bit today by talking about that because that's one thing that that really interested me um, about the way that Livewire is structured, and that it was sort of born <laughs> out of not just you know the fact that you're a rock and roller, but the fact that you admire that ethos of the really good record labels that are hey we're gonna let these artists stand on their own and profit from the fruits of their labor. You know, um, and I think that's true across all creative platforms, whether you're talking like record labels or movie studios or publishing houses. And I think I've been beating this drum a lot on the show uh, during the pandemic. 
I wonder why, about, you know, making sure that when we build our, when we put when we get the chance to dust ourselves off and put our industry back together, we make sure that people are being treated more equitably and more fairly and are getting paid a commensurate rate for the labor that they produce once, you know, the world opens back up. And, and I, I, I'd kind of like to just know how much of that spirit, because you mentioned that a little bit when we were talking uh, off air and before the show, how much of that spirit went into the, this very collaborative, very artist driven, uh, business model that you have for Livewire? Um, well, <clears throat> in, in, in 30 seconds or less, go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, it's important, uh, to, to take care of your bartenders, um, and, and to sort of build a platform through which they can succeed. Um, and one thing that I've been hearing to kind of segue off of this a little bit, um, one thing that I've been hearing from restaurant owners on podcasts and on shows is like, you know, we're reopening and, and our staff, our faithful staff really came back and is working really hard and, you know, they're just getting stiffed on tips. And I'm like, motherfucker, yeah. <laughs> you own the restaurant, <laughs> autograph yeah. the fucking thing. Yeah, you know? or, or pay an equitable wage. Like it's hard for everybody, but you know, for so long in this industry, um, bar professionals specifically, like the creatives behind creating these cocktail programs that keep the guests coming back and develop the regulars are not getting compensated what they deserve. And, um, it's been, you know, a plague on this industry forever. So yeah, it's time for the restaurant owners to step up. And I think that what Aaron's doing is really, um, you know, taking that into consideration, the history of, you know, undercompensation for creatives. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it would be, here's an idea. And this is, is also, I mean, like, this usually as, ends badly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, when Damon starts with, here's an idea. And the rest <laughs> of us just hold our breath. Yeah, and it's strap, like, oh. strap no, in. I mean, I'm the silver lining guy. We all know yeah. that. It's true. Yeah. But check this out. I mean, like in, in the same way that record labels like a huge thing a huge part of being a record label is distribution right getting getting your music out there getting your art out there i mean that's one side of it but then also just thinking about like a royalties kind of situation in bars and restaurants like what if what and this would be like inspiring for for bartenders to like work harder on creating cocktails for you know not only like their menus but also for something like livewire right um Let's say you have, you know, a two or three cocktails on the menu at, at your bar or restaurant. And like for every cocktail of your creation that sells, you get like a certain percentage or like a dollar per cocktail or whatever. I mean, is that like <laughs> I can already I can hear the bar owner saying, oh, we just don't have the room for that. I can also I mean, just see add it on to in my head. It's, I, it's, I can hear it. Well, I'm the bar see... owner talking about this. I'm the one suggesting yeah. it. Great. I love it. As a, as a bar owner and bartender, I, I also see the slippery slope that you're on there. Well, I guess every right. cocktail on the menu is going to be made out of vodka or possibly mezcal right now um, because those are the ones that are going to sell. And we know that for sure, right? right. It, would, it, would, it would change the creative direction. I didn't say it was a great idea. I just said, here's an idea. No, I think it's a great <laughs> idea. I love that idea. I just like, you know, people like bar owners talk about supporting their, their people. And then, you know, when they're like, all right, yeah. pay me, 
Um, well, here's another know, thing. Here's another thing. <laughs> so Rocket Queen is the last song on Appetite for Destruction. Uh, this is clearly not going to be the last song or cocktail <laughs> that comes out on liveware drinks right i mean like you've got use your illusions one and two you got a double album after this right we also <laughs> have the spaghetti incident I, well so. i was gonna say i would we're, I, gonna, we're gonna leave that one out i think no i, I feel oh my like God, that, it's so that will be my contribution <laughs> <laughs> i'll do a spaghetti incident um but yeah so like what's what's your double album after this i mean you've got like bottled cocktails you, you had mentioned at the top of the show yeah so aaron's is coming out on um probably Definitely by May 1st in New York and and California, maybe a few days earlier in California. Um, but we have a couple other, we have a couple bottled cocktails coming out, which is really exciting. Um, I don't want to drop any blatant hints, but one of them is a San Diego bartender and one of them is a uh, Brooklyn bartender. Um, and they are, they're, they're higher proof. So they're going to be, 33 and 39% uh, ABV and they are 375 ml resealable bottles. So they're stirred cocktails. They are meant to live at home or in a bar and you pour, you know, two ounces over ice and and have your cocktail. Um, For me, it was important to, to make everything as easy as possible for the consumer and like, and, and that the packaging fit the occasion, right? So for the canned cocktails, they are made to taste good out of a can, you know, at a wide range of temperatures. They don't need ice. They're good on ice if you want them. Um, I'm not a believer in stirred cocktails in 100 ml cans, right? Because that's like, what's the point of the can if you also have to have like a glass and some ice? So that's why we we chose not to do cans for those drinks. Uh, Why we put them in bottles. When when I do my library drink, can it come with a funnel? (laughs) <laughs> yeah well that's actually i've got them custom ordered and uh and and uh, uh yours may or may not come with a funnel but it'll damn well be sold with a koozie that's true well, yeah, and a beer hat like a <laughs> that's awesome a beer helmet right <laughs> very cool well that's awesome i you know i know that like when we were working on cripple creek stuff there were some really cool like stirred cocktails but we could never really figure out how to like I mean, we we had a lot of hurdles to jump through when we were doing our our live cocktail rock and roll shows, but uh, <laughs> but I feel like the the way that we're drinking right now, I, I feel like the sequence of of release has really made a lot of sense because like these are like the singles, right? And now you're like with these stirred like fuller size bottled cocktails, these stirred ones, these are more like the albums, you know, like they're like, it's kind of like a, a, a record listening party of sorts, you know, I'm, I'm throwing a lot of music <laughs> stuff at this one, but, uh, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, like back in the day they you would always like bands would, would release a single or two. And then eventually maybe they would get to like put the album together. I mean, like you're, you're essentially like building your roster of, of artists. And I think it'd be really cool like I can't wait to, to the point where we can actually have events again because a live wire event is going to be like a freaking rock and roll party. Hell yeah. All, <laughs> all, all the contributing uh, bartenders show up in one place at one time and make their drinks live. That'd be amazing. Have you been all tapping I have to do is open cans. Calls? <laughs> have I been tapping your phone calls? Uh, yeah, no, uh, no comment. Um, <laughs> cut, cut the show. Um, <laughs> 
Uh, well, man, great, great stuff. Very excited about uh, getting a hold of Aaron's new cocktail coming out. Um, and also excited about just seeing these other stirred cocktails. Uh, those are certainly of interest to me. Um, and, uh, and seeing what comes next. And speaking of, uh, like what, where can people get a hold of you and where are you distributed right now? That's another question that the listeners probably interested to know. Yeah, we, um, so if, if they go to our website, livewiredrinks.com, they can look at a store locator and throw their zip code in there. Uh, oh, cool. In brick and mortar, we are in New York, California, New Jersey, and Texas. <clears throat> um, and online, we ship to 46 states. So, um, pretty widely available. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. after after only one year, like that's that's a lot of hurdles you had to go through. I'm sure. I'm yeah. I have the gray hairs to show for it. <laughs> Finally, he's showing his age <laughs> instead of his ass. <laughs> Uh, and you're also easily found on, obviously, Instagram. Everybody's on Instagram. You're at Livewire Drinks yes. on Instagram. And then, it, like you said, it's LivewireDrinks.com is your website. So good good, good that you got both those names. Um, and, man, uh, uh, really excited to, to get a hold of the, the new drink from Aaron. And when will that one be released and out there? Or is it already? Uh, by May 1st, it should hit all of the markets. Incredible. I, I, got, I got one side question here that as we're wrapping this thing up. But, like, how large is the first run of each uh, thing? Like how many, how many, I don't know, cans, how many six pack, four packs are you producing at a time? Our very first is usually about eight to 10,000 cans. Um, and that's just basically to seed the market. And then we do usually 20,000 at a time of a flavor. Fuck, man, that's incredible. Um, Man, well, really great catching up with you both. Thanks for being on the show with us today and talking about Livewire. Thanks for talking about uh, uh, you know how all this came to be and and, and your friendship and and how uh, how you're collaborating with bartenders all over the country. You have anybody outside the country yet? Um, yes, there are some people we are working with outside the country, but haven't come to market yet. So we'll look out for those. Um, how, do you have a uh, I know I feel like I have a lot of final questions here, but do you have uh, do, do you have like a cap? Do you have a, a spot where you think, oh my gosh, we're going to have enough drinks on the market? Like how, how many do you see for, for C being the, where you say, okay, this is it. We have this number and that's kind of good. Yeah, the dream is to have, uh, uh, is to grow the company in a way that's both scalable and nimble so that we can manage this sort of, um, the challenges of support keeping the supply chain going of a lot of different cocktails because in, in the spirit of supporting the bartenders, uh, it's only fair that these are perpetual releases and that they're, you know, they're out as long as they're selling. So, um, but you know, we are going to want to make new drinks and bring on new talented people from the industry. So I do think that at some point, Somebody that might be me that might be me will have to manage a hundred different SKUs, but we'll see. You've done it before. I mean, by by then, <laughs> hopefully, you'll also be scaling up the the sort of you know back of the house side of this this scenario, and you'll have a team helping you out. There's the, you know you, it's a, the one and only thing that we can't scale, Aaron, is ourselves. So you're gonna have to take on. Some Not help. that we don't try. Yeah, we all we all try in in vain. Uh, <laughs> Well, man, this has been a great episode, super informative, and I think we're probably going to have to have you back to keep talking about this because I, I feel like I still have a lot of questions, and I'm sure the listeners do as well. But uh, that's that's all I've got. Jens, you have anything more? 
Oh, man, that was amazing. I, both Aaron's. It's great talking with you. Aaron Polsky, longtime friend. Miss you, buddy. Um, got to see you just kind of shortly before the pandemic. And I uh, can't wait to get down to L.A. again and, and really tear it up again. <laughs> so I, I Sign me up. I might be coming up north soon, so hopefully I'll see you. That, too. Um, <laughs> I have an extra bedroom, so you got a place to crash if you need. Um, but yeah, I mean, like it's, this has just been really, really great. I mean, like I, it's always been fun talking shop, but even taking it further with like, just the, like getting into like the nitty gritty of production and, and distribution and everything. It's like, it's so cool, man. I like, it's been a really fun time talking about this and I'm really super, super proud of you. We all are, uh, yeah. you know, with what you've done with this and the growth that's happened so far and we can't wait to see more of it and uh i can't wait to see my uh my cocktail with the koozie uh <laughs> i work drink sometime that'll happen like 2025 uh the way i work anyway the can art is just a koozie that's all it is yeah exactly it's just a white <laughs> can but that's it comes perfect. with a koozie um but yeah check check everyone check out live wire drinks if you haven't yet uh really fun stuff and i guess that's it for the speakeasy this week Check out Heritage Radio Network for many more programs like this one, except probably less awards. Uh, Hey! (laughs) (laughs) uh, (laughs) Click on the beating heart to donate to the station and keep us going. Until next week, cheers, everyone. Cheers, everybody. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. So you don't shun the devil with your rock and roll load. Knows that country music's gonna save your soul. The The Speakeasy is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to learn more about our 10-year anniversary celebration happening all year long, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com forward slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fair, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows that you like. Tell your friends. And please, join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.